Hello, hello, and welcome to Art House Garage, the snob-free movie podcast where we make art house indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and we are in the middle of season six of the podcast, which is looking at the best films of 2020. Over the last several episodes, we've hit a variety of different movie genres. We've looked at documentaries, prestige dramas, and some smaller indie movies, but what we haven't discussed yet is an animated film. That changes today as we look at the award-winning animated feature, Wolfwalkers. Wolfwalkers is a remarkable movie for a number of reasons. It's from an Irish animation studio called Cartoon Saloon. Uh, You may be aware of their other work. Their previous films are The Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, and The Breadwinner, all of which have received praise from critics and audiences for their assured storytelling and their beautiful animation. Wolfwalkers is getting similar praise, and for good reason. It's a very memorable film and an absolute feast visually. It's streaming on Apple TV Plus now, and it's absolutely worth watching. My guest today is filmmaker Eric White. Eric has worked on a number of films, and if you're keyed into the Arkansas film scene at all, you've likely seen something he's worked on. I saw his animated horror short called Little Brother at the Made in Arkansas Film Festival, and it really made an impression. That was a few years ago. I've seen a few of his short films uh, since then, The Unbeatable Bixby, and another called Sunhood, all of which I've really enjoyed. He works for Arkansas's local PBS station, AETN, and they have been able to produce an exciting kids show during the pandemic called Blueberry's Clubhouse. We talked briefly about all of those projects during our conversation, uh, but all you need to know for now is that Eric White is really good at what he does. He's a super nice guy. He's incredibly knowledgeable about cinema and animated films in particular, and he has some great thoughts on today's film. So let's say hello. Welcome to the podcast, Eric White. How are you today? doing good thank you for having me on andrew yeah i'm so excited to to talk about wolf walkers uh it's a movie that i've really really enjoyed and so there's a lot to discuss with it um but yeah i'm excited so um before we get going into that i thought we'd talk a little bit about you and who you are um i, I was telling you this but i i wanted to talk about this movie on the podcast and uh, I reached out to Johnny Brennan who listeners may recognize that name he helps run Made in Arkansas and he's been on this podcast a couple times and uh, just knows a lot of people in the area I said I want to talk about an animated film and he said you gotta you gotta get Eric White Um, and I recognized (laughs) the name uh, because I I had seen something of yours at um at made in Arkansas and it was it was a horror short (laughs) little brother what it was called (laughs) yeah yeah Yes, it was. Uh... Yes, and I, that was a very memorable uh, animated short. And then I, when I looked at your your credits, I was like, oh, I've also seen Unbeatable Bixby, and I've seen Sunhood, and a handful of other things that you've had a hand in. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're a presence here in the Arkansas film community, so I'm glad to, to connect with you on the podcast. But, uh, yeah, tell us about yourself and your work, and, and, and you have worked in animation before. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've been dabbling in animation for a while now. Uh, I'm not classically trained in any sort of sense. Sure. Um, but, uh, it, it's gotten so much easier within just even the past like five to six years. Um, so way mm. little brother came about, we, it was all like charcoal on paper, mm, um, yeah. and like stacks and stacks and stacks, stacks of papers that all had to be like scanned in individually and then gone in and removed like the backgrounds for like foreground because you know the root animation is like done on sales and they overlay mm-hmm. those and take a film image 
Um, but I didn't have that money to buy a bunch of cells, so I just <laughs> did it on white paper and went in and cut it out through wow. Photoshop. Um, and so that took like four years to do, oh, um, like off and on, just kind of working here and there. Um, but now, like, you could do something that length. Like, it was only like a five minute short. You could do something that length in an afternoon if you if you really put your mind mm, to it. Wow! Because everything you can do everything digitally now, and so um, yeah, no, it's just uh, I, I love doing animation. Love watching animation. Uh, yeah, I yeah. love. I love I love all the the new stuff, the old stuff, the the kid stuff, or and stuff like like Wolf Walkers, where it's it's somewhere in between. It's yeah. not really mm-hmm. like a movie. It's it's a movie that's kind of for everybody. I think. Yeah, it was one I was comfortable watching with my kids. Which I, the second time I watched it, I was with them, right. and they liked it pretty well. Like they're pretty young, and so it's like a little heavy for them, maybe. But um, yeah. yeah. But before we get into that, I want to say too about. Um, little brother i saw it on the big screen actually and then, so with that movie too the the sound design is really incredible so i want to talk to you about like sound design with animation as we get going uh, but sure. but your current thing that you're working on is and you have a day job and and, and yeah. employed in animation which is really cool uh, and you're working on a show called blueberries clubhouse tell us about that and, and kind of what your role is with it oh for sure um so blueberries clubhouse is a um it's a puppet show that we kind of only got made because of the pandemic of like oh, all wow. the terrible things that's happened this past year. Um, it was just fortuitous. It was just the stars aligned and we were able to make something sort of like out of um, because the schools were closed. It's a long story. <laughs> uh, so schools got closed down. So Arkansas PBS started doing uh, on air education stuff for for students that they could they could watch at home and learn along with teachers and everything. Um, and then along that way, we partnered with the Arkansas Art Center. Now they're called the Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and because they were looking for an avenue to, to get some of their teaching out, and, and you know, we're, we're always looking for great partners out in the community, it seemed like a good fit. So we did a little short that was like a puppet they made, like on the fly, and they were gonna. Mm-hmm. It was like Blueberries Engineering Clubhouse, and they were gonna build like little shadow puppets and everything. Um, and it became like a little seven minute short. Uh, and then from there, like everyone loved it. So we were just like, what if we just did like a real show? Yeah. Um, so we pulled, we pulled as much money we could together and, um, we, we got a, a great team of people over at Arkansas PBS, uh, Levi Agee, uh, Tara Case, mm-hmm. who I work with a lot, um, CJ Burks, Corey Womack, um, and so many other people I can't even name. And then all the wonderful people with the, the art center, um, the AMFA, I'll call them AM. There's the AMFA, AMFA uh, now. Uh, so many great people over there. Just um, really, really was all just like the mentality of like wanting to put on a show and like yeah. everyone donating so much time and energy and effort to it. Um, the turnaround was tight. Like we would mm. film, uh, we started filming mid July uh, and we would film an episode and then two weeks later it would be on air. So wow. we'd film an episode and then have to cut it do sound, animation, everything, and then put it right back out. Hmm. Um, which is something I've never had to do and hoped never have to do again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that quickly, yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely challenging, but um, super rewarding uh, in a lot of ways. And um, right now we we're working on a season two. Great. Um, yeah, and so we've got we've got a little more money. We got a little more time now, so we don't have to <laughs> don't have to kill ourselves. Um, but we're we're trying to get all that together and. Um, we're just in pre-production right now, so we haven't written any scripts yet, but you should look for yeah. it sometime mid-July, mid, mid July, uh, right before school starts back on 
Arkansas PBS and all of our social media sites. That is so cool. Yeah, it's so interesting how like the the pandemic has obviously been so hard in so many ways, mm -hmm. but there's always there's like creative constraints can sometimes lead to really cool things. And I think yeah. that's, uh, this is a cool example of that. Uh, you know, I have young kids, I have a five and a six year old, so we are definitely going to check this out. Um, and so I, I've looked at it a little bit online. So it's, it's puppets, but there also is like an animated portion to each episode. Yes. Um, so a lot of the, we could only afford to build really one puppet, which mm -hmm. Aaron Larkin with the, um, with the Ampha, uh, built for us like on the fly like built it within like two weeks or something like that like in like an insane amount of time to build a puppet but we couldn't we obviously couldn't build more than that so we had to figure out a way to maybe bring in some of blueberry's family or like mm -hmm. other puppets and stuff like that so we end up building a lot of like digital puppets mm -hmm. um so and most of those kind of fell on me because we didn't yeah. have a lot of <laughs> we didn't have like a graphics person at the time um but we 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 wanted to do these sort of like um, these jokes because the show, the show can get a little heavy at times with um, a lot of emotion because a lot of it was dealing with being locked inside yeah, and yeah. and so like a metaphor for the pandemic as a whole that you know hopefully kids could could watch and and, and relate to um, but we wanted to like break it up and, and, and throw in some 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 fun there there are a lot of they're really like dad jokes but <laughs> <laughs> but these these sort of like creatures that live in the uh the clubhouse tree um and so we got to design these like there's like a little bird who's uh his name was robin repartee and a squirrel and a couple other things um and then blueberry's family too like there's a muscadine character and mm -hmm. a um uh, an elderberry character <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um so it. yeah they were they were all like drawn digitally and then animated in uh adobe's uh character animator which is like so fast and easy to do now. Like you can, wow. you can make something like literally in an afternoon. Most of these were done within like a day because we didn't have time to <laughs> to spend much more time on them. Wow. Well, I cannot wait to check that out and, and for season two as well coming up. And yeah, that's, you know, I, we're actually homeschooling now uh, in my house. Okay. So it's, uh, that's got its own challenges, but yeah. stuff like this, you know, some educational screen time is really um, a welcome <laughs> thing because, you know, we don't want to turn the screens on all day, but sometimes we need <laughs> daddy needs course, a little break. <laughs> and, so. and all the old episodes are on YouTube right now. You can turn oh, it on perfect. and yeah. You'll have two hours to yourself where they can watch all four. So it's... <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, I will link to all that stuff in the show notes uh, as well as the Fine Arts Center and uh, kind of all the things you were mentioning there. So listeners, you can find all of that. And, um, yeah, support local. And, uh, you know, I always love most anything on PBS. So I think it's great. All right. Without further ado, let's talk about Wolfwalkers. Wolf, wolf. Hunt them far and yonder. The forest is brimming with wolves. It's my job to hunt them down, not yours. But we could hunt them together. Wolves, bears, dragons even. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of them wolf walkers. Wolf walkers? Wait! The ones that can talk to with some wild magic. You can come out now. We can smell ya, you stick. You're a wolf walker. You're a wolf when you sleep. What? A girl when you're awake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Robin! 
morning. Something's happened to me. Yeah, I can see that. Flipping great. You're a wolf now. Be a wolf. The woods are getting smaller every day. These wolves, they're just beasts. Tonight, we put an end to this. Promise your mother to keep you safe. I have to help her. You have to leave. No way. I scared him off. All right, let's talk about Wolf Walkers. So this is an animated film, uh, as we've discussed already, and it is uh, the animation style is really incredible. But basically, it tells the story of uh, it's a coming of age story of a young girl named Robin, uh, and she's sort of displaced from her home that she's used to. She's new in this um, in in this Irish town that she and her father are living in. Her mother's not there. We don't know exactly why at first, and we kind of piece that together as we go uh, but the town is near a large forest that has a lot of wolves and, and so there's basically this kind of conflict between the townsfolk and the wolves uh, and then that's all complicated by the presence of some magical beings called wolf walkers where it's where we get the title and it's you know it's it's a little bit like a the the myth of the werewolf but it's very different as well uh it doesn't have those kind of horror uh connotations but basically it's a people that can transform into wolves and so that's kind of the the basic setup and it, it goes in a lot of different places with that this is from uh a uh, production studio called Cartoon Saloon, which this is their fourth feature, uh, and I've seen one other, but I've heard incredible praise for all of the the other films they've made. That's um, The Secret of Kells, as well as Song of the Sea and The Breadwinner, their other films. The Breadwinner I watched a few years back, and it is really incredible. Uh, similar in style. I'd say this one is a little bit more ambitious stylistically, but the breadwinner tells the story of a, a Muslim family and the, the daughter has to provide for the family. And it's, it's very emotionally, it's, it's a little, maybe a little less kid friendly than this one, but a very, very good. But anyway, that's, that's kind of a, a little bit of context there. But so I wanted to ask you, Eric, as a, a filmmaker and an animator, what was your impression of kind of the, the visual style of Wolf Walkers? Uh, beautiful. Like all of it looks amazing. Um, and I would say alone, if you don't want to see it for any other reason, like you're like, ah, the story doesn't interest me or the characters, uh, I don't see myself in them or anything like that. Just watch it alone for just how it looks. It is mm-hmm. um, so amazingly like it, it feels like you're walking into like a watercolor painting at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the way they like change that up as the story progresses and it gets more complicated mm-hmm. and it, it's amazing it's a it's a visual feast from start to finish it really is and i think like i had heard that before i even saw the trailer and and the trailer gave me a sense of that and i was like wow this looks really great but then when you're actually watching it it's like so immersive kind of being Mm -hmm. in this world that yeah it's really one of the most beautiful visually animated uh 
things that I've seen in a long time, I think. Uh, there's several moments where, almost a like graphic novel-esque, it goes into like multi-panels. Like it'll right. it'll split the screen into three parts, um, showing different characters' reactions to something. Or uh, there's a few moments where it's... Um, it's like zoomed in. It's like a, a, a zoomed out shot and then a zoomed in shot of the same exact thing. So we see like one person in the crowd, uh, just really inventive in, in that way. There, there's a lot of wolves in the film. Right. And uh, the way they're animated is really incredible. They they move in this kind of very fluid way. Um, mm-hmm. Just really beautiful to watch. And, and then also we have characters that are transforming into wolves and, and back to humans and and there's like a lot of great first person like wolf vision shots and the way the like the visual uh, it, it it's it kind of has its own motif i guess when we're in that and, and it it looks wholly different but um so so beautiful and yeah again it just really immerses you uh in this world so yeah, yeah. I, I think the visuals are really incredible in this movie so good. The uh, I was reading about it after I watched it because I read I, I watched it. I was like, oh, how did they do any of this stuff? Yeah. And apparently, like the Wolf Vision, um, I, I, I was reading. But I think it was one of the directors was talking about it. It apparently took the entirety of their production time. So like while other people mm. were working on other scenes, like someone was working on that like three and a half minute section oh, that wow. was just the just the vision portion of it. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 something to. Man, it's good. Yeah. It's so good. I don't. I don't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's great. You should watch it. Completely so agree. Good. Yeah. So I think you're referencing the. There's like a a musical sequence, almost not not, not musical, in that people are singing, but it, um, basically when a character is kind of learning, uh, what it's like to be a wolf, and there's there's like a song playing. It's uh, running with the wolves, and uh, that sequence is so incredible. Uh, it's I've I've gone back and watched just that scene a few times because right. it's it almost is like a music video esque the way the the music and the uh, actions on on the screen are kind of synced up together and uh, it just builds and crescendos and it's just really like when it even just started the first time I started getting goosebumps and I was like this is incredible <laughs> uh, so yeah that's a that's a great scene that's fa- that's fascinating to know that it took so much time it's it's almost like a color swap like it's it's mostly mm-hmm. like night and you have these bright kind of trails uh it shows how characters can smell uh as, as a wolf like they see with their you know sense of smell a little bit so there's like all these um kind of trails of like smoke looking um things happening which also it kind of there's several things like that where uh actually the one that i noticed the most there's a waterfall at one point mm-hmm. and uh, as the water's crashing into the at the bottom there's like this mist just kind of floating around it just looks incredible so anyway yeah. yes visually really really top notch uh so right. yeah, that's absolutely a reason to watch this uh what about on like as far as the plot goes what did you think of the the storytelling and how how this story was told uh and this going back to what you kind of touched on a little bit with like how it's told visually and thematic i mean so on on one level it's a pretty straightforward story mm-hmm. like girl wants adventure um which which another thing is that usually this type of character in animated kids animated shows in general movies uh is, is a male character and yeah. that we are given like a, a female protagonist that we're following through is i think an interesting and and amazing choice which i think this uh studio saloon has done a lot of this in the past uh secret of kales is another one that's mm-hmm. um in their sort of like celtic trilogy yeah. 
uh, um, which is amazing as well. I haven't seen The Breadwinner, which I I need to watch it. I meant to watch it before we did this podcast. Like, no, oh. It sounds like we've seen like the opposite of their films besides right. this one. Yeah, but Breadwinner's great when I've really been wanting to watch the other two. But yeah, go ahead. Right. Um, so the story itself is, is is straight down the middle. Like it's hmm. a lot of it is, is 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 some of it's a little phoned in uh, in the sense that you can kind of tell maybe where some of the twists are going and mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But the way the but that is just like window dressing in a sense like yeah this is what's going to get us through to the end this is what's going to pull your attention along and then like it's emotional beats and it's thematic beats is really what's like underneath the surface so like um what you were talking about with like the three panel thing i think mm-hmm. that serves a um it serves a thematic and a, and a visual representation of it it's like how these characters it's not just like a cool shot that they were like let's just yeah. do three panels here it's like this, these are how these people are interpreting the scene that's happening before their eyes mm-hmm. and how that impacts them and then how that impacts how they react to each other within the story itself, too. Yeah. Um, so many, like, just touching on themes of from, from the start of, like, environmentalism, yeah. which is not really, like, super blatant throughout. Like, no one says, like, oh, we got to protect the woods. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like, the, the, the world's going to die if we don't do it. Like, but it's always there. So... And this is striking on on like a second watch. Um, the opening it opens on these very beautiful vistas of uh, sort of creatures in their own environments, uh, just enjoying nature. And then comes this uh, encroachment of humankind into it. They're cutting down trees to to build things and all that sort of stuff. They're scared away by the wolves. And then we go back to those exact same shots. From the from right before then, where the trees are all decimated and like these creatures are coming back out into it, um, and so there's all these like visual cues of like environmentalism mm-hmm. um, and, and preserving like nature that that don't really get like blatantly said throughout the movie. Um, yeah. Another one is um, the tree that they uh, that they constantly go to to sit on and talk. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. it, as it slowly becomes torn down throughout the movie which is a symbol for growing up and breaking you know mm. childish things i guess but at the same time it's just just reinforcing that like the way humans have shaped that part of the world um and it's weird too i was i was, I was so i read a lot about this while i was preparing for this podcast and that wolves are completely wiped out in ireland hmm. wow. because of this time period um and so um, I think I read an interview with one of the writers, I think it was the director, um, who, who talked a lot about like folklore and how how they kind of lost a lot of that because of how the world had changed um, changed in that time period where wolves were basically hunted and got rid of. And so it's sort of like losing parts of their their history in a way because it's it's gone. You can't ever get it back. That's really interesting. I, yeah, I didn't know all of that about the wolves actually being gone. There, there's a almost like a throwaway line in that Maeve says. So uh, we have, have Robin is the main character, and her father is, is a, a big character as well. And then Maeve is the wolfwalker girl with the this like, big red hair. Such an interesting character design too. Right. But then um, she has this line at one point about. Um, St. Patrick, I, I know what, maybe it's one of the townspeople who says this, mm-hmm. like when they're kind of, uh, they're very afraid. There's kind of like a lot of folk tales about what's going on in the woods, but one of them says something about St. Patrick, um, you know, made a, made a deal with 
the pagan gods or something back in the day, like a long time ago. And we're by chopping down the trees, we're breaking that commitment. Yeah. And like, that's why we're in danger. So I thought it was interesting. And then I was just looking around on Amazon. There's like a few different, there's like a graphic novel that they've made since the movie came out and and like a a book about the artwork. But I just clicked on the graphic novel and just like clicked on the little preview thing and thinking it's just going to be the story of the movie. But it opens with St. Patrick and he's doing some oh. stuff. So I guess there's like some interesting backstory there. So I'm, I'm curious right. to check that out. I like this movie enough that I might like buy that and have a look at it. Um, but that, that was an interesting point of it too. But yeah, I like what you're saying about the, it's some of these things uh, it's made clear, but it's not overdone the way like mm. the environmentalism is there. Um, I think too, there's it's kind of an interesting religious theme throughout this. So there's, um, and then just the political, it all kind of ties together really nicely, yeah. I think. So there's like a political situation that I don't completely understand, but basically England is the, the colonizer. They're kind of taking power. And, uh, so there's this Lord protector and then Robin, her father, uh, and Lord protector is, is the villain here. And he, uh, you know, he hates the wolves. He wants to tame them. He wants to, you know, have power over nature. And, mm-hmm. and he, he, again, it's not overdone, but he, um, talks about how, you know, this is God's will for us that he, that we, um, the, the, the land would submit to us. And, um, he, at one point he actually like, he's praying and asking God, God, what do we do? And then he like answers the prayer himself. He's like, here's what we're going to do. This right. is what you want me to do. So it's just right. like this whole idea of speaking for God and knowing what he wants and, uh, how dangerous that can be. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think he's a, he's a good villain, uh, in that sense. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think um, to what you're saying about authoritarianism and this sort of uh, which is which is heady stuff for like uh, just a regular movie. Yeah. (laughs) But much less a movie that's designed around the the whole family can watch and everything. Uh Um, But this sort of idea of like questioning authority and like Cromwell, uh, the lowered overseer, is like a perfect example of someone who is sort of like indoctrinated into it and believes it even if he doesn't believe it like mm-hmm. he is asking for it but he knows what the answer is going to be because he he dictates that he is mm-hmm. his will is law um but by by convert by inverse of that is the there's a there's a scene with the uh with the dad and and robin mm-hmm. and she asked him like why why are you doing this and he just says because i'm afraid mm-hmm. and yeah. and the idea of doing stuff not questioning authority, but just doing stuff because you you don't know any better and you're afraid of what consequences come from it mm-hmm. is like, whoa. Yeah, like. absolutely. <laughs> and it really, it shows well, like, so there's this this power dynamic coming from the Lord Protector to her father directly and, and then what her father does out of fear, like, and his actions are all completely, like, totally believable that that's what he would do but you see the way it really negatively affects his family uh and their whole lives and, and his job and all of that uh yeah i think it does that well there's almost a visual motif there too like we, he always has fire the villain mm-hmm. does it. he has like a torch and then there's a few moments where uh when robin's father is getting really angry at her and kind of yelling like you can't go back out into the woods like mm-hmm. the the background around him kind of goes red and gets this like shadowy it feels very much the same it's like this this power and fear dynamic kind of coming yeah. back in subtly. I, I thought that was a really nice touch too. Oh yeah. All that. And, and um, this goes back to sort of like visual motifs uh, and, and just visual style too. But there, whenever characters get angry, there is this like encroachment of darkness that comes mm-hmm. spilling in on the sides of the screen. Mm-hmm. So it'll go from like a 16 by nine image to this like four, three image. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh, notice, yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't notice the first time either, I guess. Um, I was just too involved in the story the first time through. <laughs> like rewatching, it, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like 
completely blew me away first that I didn't notice it the first time. And then that is such like a strong, interesting choice hmm. to convey like emotion uh, through these like animated characters. Because sometimes that is like hard mm-hmm. to, to get an emotional response out of something that is completely drawn. Um, yeah. and, and that it's, you're sort of like, riding in that uncanny valley of like yeah. where it's just 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 human enough to like believe in but mm-hmm. never going to look photorealistic which i think this, this is something that this movie does really well is take these little stylistic flourishes and ground them in this human drama yeah and that's a that's a great transition too into talking about the performances because i think the voice performances are, are a big yeah. part of that too uh so what did you think about the the voice performance? we have sean bean as the father and then um, two young actors I didn't know before this as uh, Robin and Maeve. Their names are Honor Neefsi and Eva Whitaker. Uh, play uh, I'm, the two leads, glad, I'm glad you said their names because I, I would have butchered them. <laughs> I may have uh, butchered them. Sorry if I did. But uh, yeah, what do you think of their, their voice? Oh, no, they um, from the start like there's a there's a there's a lot of like. I keep saying children's entertainment. But there's a lot of like animated movies and stories and stuff where. The, either the kids are voiced by adults. I mean, Bobby mm-hmm. Hill is like a good example of that or like The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where they're voiced by adults and trying to be kids. But these are like from the get-go. I, like, I wrote it down like as soon as I heard it. I was like, these are kids voicing kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are so good. Like yeah. so good. Like um, I, I had never heard of either either one of the actresses before before this. And uh, Maeve I believe, or Eva is um, – a virtual like unknown uh hasn't really yeah, done much outside of this on her, uh, her yeah. amazing because there are so many people who can perform uh physically in the sense that they are there on a stage or in a movie and like they can read body language and stuff like that but to be able to convey like subtlety in, mm-hmm. in voicial expressions and to have that be translated into animation is spectacular yeah yes absolutely you know i a few kind of like touchstones for this that i kept thinking of one was game of thrones just because mm-hmm. sean bean's there um and, and also i think that scene there's a great scene like a, a sort of an epic scene sort of the, in the middle uh when the lord protector is uh trying to show the wolf on stage and it really reminded me of a, a scene in game of thrones uh just because it, the, the crowd mm-hmm. is there watching and there's a lot of drama happening on the stage so there's that but then um I played the Zelda video games a lot growing up, and I I just yeah. always think of that when anything remotely like Celtic. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think in the world building way, this is like it. It, it reminded me of that. Uh, but then also uh, Princess Mononoke, the uh, yeah. Studio Ghibli film, be, mm-hmm. just because a lot of the environmental stuff is there, and sort of the the in this movie townie versus forest dweller she always calls robin a townie uh, and that kind of gets back to their their performances too because robin as our lead is is so um her voice performance is really kind of like pretty put together and mm-hmm. um but curious and innocent but then mave is so incredible because she her character is this you know wild a <laughs> wild animal basically <laughs> and that so much comes through in her voice performance too uh it's really amazing and and she talks like a child like she calls her her mummy she's always talking about and that kind of thing right. but but there's this wild kind of graveliness to her voice and also so very irish sounding uh um, yeah that yeah it's really it's a perfect performance i think right now all of it feels very coming coming from those for, from our two leads all of it feels very genuine uh, like kids would say these things like yeah. none of it feels like uh, an adult's interpretation of what a kid would say yeah uh, a, a lot of it rings very true to that sort of um, 
just like how kids speak. Yeah. And especially in a situation like this where they don't really understand things, but they, they're willing to go along with them because it's, you know, it's magic and you, you become a wolf at night. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So kind of along the lines of the performances, I think just the sound design in general is really good. Like there's a lot of, um, there's like when they're in a crowd, you hear the crowd. Uh, the first time I watched this, I had wireless headphones in. So I was watching it and I was just kind mm. of in it and that, that was a good way to experience this. But then the music too, I think is really amazing. Um, that just the score throughout, but then there's a couple of songs. I think there's the one in the, the running with the wolves sequence. And then there's one in the credits. Um, which the the singer I, I looked up the singer her name is Aurora and I think she's from mm. roughly from that part of the world. The only um, other thing I knew from <laughs> speaking of animated movies, Frozen Two, she uh, oh. is on the um, Into the Unknown song. She's like the 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 voice from the wilderness that's in the movie. But yeah, so that's that they paid a lot of money to have a name to do that right. little voice, which <laughs> is funny. But but yeah, same same person. So yeah, but really but like along the, the same one. Right, but along those same lines too, like a, I don't want to say like, uh, a, well, a different studio would have had like a pop song there. Yeah, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if this was like a mainstream like movie for general audience, like Rihanna would have came in there and had <laughs> had a song about it. But I, I love that it felt, it felt, it doesn't really feel out of place. Like yeah. it, it seems like a continuation of what you were talking about with the music uh, going forward to that point. Um and and then just like the sound design in general too is is spectacular. Like the, all the crowd stuff, and like all the things near the end where they're in the waterfall and the the the, the fire and like all of the 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 men are hunting in the woods are just so crisp and clean, mm-hmm. and and frightening, like very frightening for for a movie like this. Like I like I watched yeah. it and then I watched it again and then I immediately was like I really wish this would have been released in theaters. I would have oh, loved yeah. to have seen oh, it like on a big screen with yeah. like, real nice sound. Um, but maybe someday, maybe yeah. Maybe I was we'll thinking, get if this ever replays in the theater, I'm going. I'm taking my yeah. kids with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was one last thing I'd like to talk about though. Yeah. Um, uh, and this kind of goes back to the like animation style um, and that everything feels like it was all drawn at the same time, mm. which uh, a lot of a lot of like animated films, particularly like older animated films, uh, just because of how the process worked. You had some guy drawing foreground characters and someone else was drawing background characters. And there's a clear, clear like separation there where you can see like this person's foreground, this person's background. If they go to pick up something like a cup. That cup's gonna look a little different, a little weird at huh, first. Interesting. Uh, and this everything just like blended together so seamlessly with like, and I don't know if they did like lighting and post, if they went in like digitally, like altered some of the stuff, but everything just like looked seamless, which is hard and amazing. Like I don't understand how they do it, uh, and I'm super jealous of them. But uh, so so good visually. Yes, absolutely. This is one that really has stuck with me. I didn't see it till after the the end of the year. It was 2021 by the time I watched it, or this probably would have been in my top 10 of last year. Uh, but uh, yeah, really, really highly recommend it. It sounds like you do as well. Yeah. Well, that is Wolf Walkers. You can watch it on Apple TV Plus. It's worth doing like a free week or whatever trial just to watch this if you can. I think because it's definitely, uh, it's definitely, definitely worth seeing. And um, yeah, I hope it, uh, I hope it gets that big screen release one day. That would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. Fingers crossed on that. Well, thank you, Eric, so much for joining me today. I think it's been a great conversation, and I can't wait to 
to get this one out there and hope to have you back sometime soon too. For sure. Anytime you want, you want to come, me to come back anytime I will come back and talk with you about anything you want to talk about. <laughs> uh, this is my first podcast. So you did great. You, you ushered me into it and I'll, I'll, I'm happy to return anytime. <laughs> That's great. Cause I, there always are like animated things. I mean, I watch a lot of animated stuff cause I have kids and I'm like, mm-hmm. I wish I could talk about this one on the podcast. So now I've got a go-to person. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Big, big thanks to Eric White again for being here today. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope to have him back again very soon. We've got some exciting episodes coming up. Uh, Up next is going to be Boy State. That's a documentary about hundreds of 17-year-old boys putting on democracy, basically, at a a camp. Uh, This is interesting because I actually attended Arkansas Boy State. The film is about Texas Boy State. Um, And then I also have someone on the podcast discussing that who was not raised in the United States. So I think we have an interesting conversation. Can't wait for you guys to hear that one. Uh, After that, we've got some other plans in development. Um, Nothing concrete just yet, but we hope to talk about the movie Minari, the new A24 film about an immigrant family in Arkansas. And then I'm probably also going to discuss the film Martin Eden, which is an Italian film that is streaming now on Mubi and is making a lot of waves. Thank you so much for listening to Art House Garage. We've got a few years worth of episodes now. You can hear all of those in your podcast app of choice. Our theme music is by composer Paul Hunefeld. Learn more at www.appallingproductions.com. If you want to support Art House Garage, you can leave a rating or review in your podcast app, or you can buy an Art House Garage t-shirt at arthousegaragecom shop. Stay in the loop about Arthouse Garage and the films we're covering by subscribing to our email newsletter by going to arthousegaragecom slash subscribe or you can email me directly, andrew at arthousegaragecom And of course, follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just search at Arthouse Garage in all those places or you find links in the show notes. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, keep it snob free.